Hi guys, welcome to another episode of Chew On This, your go-to podcast for thought-provoking discussions. Welcome everyone, thank you for joining us. This week we have a few guests joining us. Uh, Janine, who is a mobile beautician. Rayo, who has a kids' character brand uh, celebrating diversity. Chantel, who has an online children's boutique. Osman, who is a wedding photographer, and Jermaine, who is a personal trainer. We have myself, H, alongside Vinny and Will, as always. Today's topic is the Black Pound. We'll be discussing how black people spend their money, as the common belief is that it's outside of our own community. Um, so our guests will just be giving us an insight into their experiences of that whilst running their business. So, Jermaine, we start with your end. In terms of your clientele, uh, obviously you said you worked in you work in Canary Wharf. Is your clientele mostly Black, African, Caribbean, or is it a, a mix? Do you have a mixed clientele? Um, so I'd say I'm, it's a mix. So they, they, the only thing they all tend to have in common is um, all mainly business professionals, but with some one or two retirees as well. That's more than the residential area of Notting Hill. And but in terms of where, where they're from, I've got a mix predominantly it's predominantly white and Asian, and I've got one or two black clients. So in your whole 15 years in that space, has it always is it is that the, the predominantly been the breakup? Yeah, yeah. In um in that 15 years I'd say so. It's usually been um white and Asian uh, clients um with at any one time one or two uh, black clients. Is that because there aren't as many black clients available or they just don't? No, um, I mean, why, why it's ended up like that, um, couldn't say for sure. It's purely just um, what, what tends to happen is people um, come to me through my, um, my, my, various areas where I've advertised my business, whether it be the website, uh, sometimes you may hear about me via social media, um, or, or, or it's also word of mouth. Right. So, um, so just due to all of that, that's just how things have tended to shape up. So in terms of personal training, it's an ongoing expense as opposed to a single kind of purchase or service, anything like that, right? So that's right. would you say, I, I, I guess uh, your price is competitive in terms of your clientele or is, is, is that particular, um, because you're on Canary Wharf, then that naturally then reflects in terms of the price and then that might cut out a, a large chunk of possible clients? Um, it, it may cut out some potential clients, but I think once you're in a certain location, most people, regardless of background, you you'll assume usually it's within their range um, of, of services. So, so yeah, I mean it's um, definitely um, the the price range won't be for everybody. But once you once you're in a certain area, Canary Wharf or the city, everyone working within that. Um, area of the majority working within that area it will be within their price range regardless of their background. Janine how about in your space do you have sight of your clientele or? So most of my clients are not black um, 
I don't really know why. Probably because most of my business is from recommendation. So most of my clients recommend me to their friends and family. Yeah. Um, I don't really get a lot of new business through advertising. So I guess that's kind of how things have played out over the last six years. But as a mobile beautician, would you say that those of your clients that are black, are they in a particular area or is it quite spread out? Um, so I mainly cover North and East London. So um, the clients that I do have tend to be in those areas. Okay. Yeah. Did you say most of your clients are black or they're not black? Are not, no. So that's quite interesting because I guess just briefly in terms of your business, a beautician, can you just uh, elaborate just on what, what that entails? So I'm a mobile beauty therapist, so I go to people's homes um, and offer a range of treatments. So massage, facials, yeah. waxing and nails. Yeah. Okay. And so, and you, and you cover what, East London and, and London. North London, but most of your clients are uh, not black. Do you find that, how do you, like, what do you think of that? Does that, does that surprise you? Does that, do you feel like? you're unsupported by the black community in, in that sense then? Um, personally, yes, mm -hmm. especially with the recent events. Um, but I feel that like a lot of that stems from not receiving the support from say, for example, your friends and family. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes as a business owner, you, you know, you have those friends that will always promote you on social media mm -hmm. you have those friends that will use your services but then you also have those family members that won't promote you or that want a freebie yeah. or want a discount and they're not willing to pay the price that your regular clients would be happy to pay yeah so i agree with that i find it i always find it very um i want to say weird but in the sense that somebody would go into a mainstream shop and pay a full price for an item because they want it. But then it will turn around to uh, their, you know, yourself and you know, other friends they know and say, oh, can I have a discount on this and discount on that? I think, I think for me personally, I feel like that is a problem definitely within our community. I think it's something that is, it's, it is widespread. And I think the other thing is... Um, but everybody has a body, so... You know, if you work out and you need to have a massage, um, you know, women are very, you know, focused, not focused, but they're aware of their appearance. So, you know, skincare, um, we've all got feet, so, you know, we can have a manicure or pedicure. So in terms of the services that I offer, yeah. you know, based on one particular ethnic group, it's just whether or not a certain ethnic group feels that they would like to use my you know, my yeah. services. And I don't know if that's based on price or location, who knows. What's your thoughts? Uh, so I've found over my sort of photography career that I've had many more black clients. Um, my first two weddings, one was for a black client, one was for a white client. And then um, as I continued to move forward and move forward, I started doing more 
weddings and, and things for friends. And of course, I've got a lot of black friends. So um, a lot of my work started to look, well, a lot of my portfolio was a lot more black people. Um, but then I found that as I got better, more experience, and I put my prices up, that a lot of the people that were asking me to do their weddings weren't, weren't prepared to pay the full price, which has led to, like last year, my son was born. Yeah. And during that year, I decided to take a break, focus on the family and stuff like that. And then I basically reevaluated my portfolio, reevaluated um, the business. And I just said to myself, I need to, I need to rebrand and come out in a way that I am attractive to everybody. And I found, well, I have rebranded in say March or so. Um, and I found over the last few months after my rebrand that I'm able to attract yeah. a mix of people. But that is because I have consciously decided to show different people in my portfolio. And um, as a photographer, it's slightly different because everything's about the visual. So if your client looks at your page or looks at your website and they don't see themselves, yeah. then they aren't going to hire you. So even though I, would, I was getting black people seeing themselves in my work, yeah. I think the, the people I was attracting at the time weren't the kind of people that were prepared to pay for my work, which I found quite, quite strange. And the amount of conversations I had where I would send a price list or be asked for a discount, <laughs> um, which found, I found strange because one, there, was one, um, there was one situation where I did a uh, baptism slash Holy Communion thing and the lady got in touch with me. Um, she sent an email and from her name, I couldn't tell where she was from. Um, and I sent, I sent the, she, she, sent, she sent me an email, I sent the price list, I sent my hourly rate. And she's like, yeah, that's fine. And she paid it. And I was like, okay, that's a bit strange because I usually have the conversation where there's sort of the, the, a negotiation or a discount. And then I didn't think about it. And then maybe two, three weeks later, I went, I went to go and do the shoot. I went and I stood outside the church, I waited for a while. And every black lady that walked past, I thought it was her. I was like, is it her? Is it her? And then this white lady walked around the corner. <laughs> and, then, and then I was like, oh, wow. Oh, so that's why she paid me my rate. You know, it was, that, it was that kind of like, there was no qualm. She just saw that I was a photographer. I did this. This is how much I'm paid. And yeah. she was like, okay, this is how much she's paid and I'll pay it. And I don't know. I, I, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, I don't really know where it comes from. I don't know if it's yeah. because in our, in like our cultures, we, we like to haggle or we like to get, the cheapest thing or I'm not sure exactly where it comes from because for me myself I've always like with friends and everything I've always tried to support my friends 100% you know if my friend's selling jewelry or selling cushions or selling something I'm, I'm gonna put my money there and help them so I, I maybe it's just the way I am but I, I'm curious as to what other people think that is or why as well why from what I've experienced we, we tend to go for discounts or go for the cheapest thing or, or try to get more than we're paying. So you, you know what, I, I'll be honest, and some people might take it controversially, but I, I legit think it's more to do with the fact that, or a big part of it is to do with the fact that we don't take black businesses seriously. What I mean by that is that 
you can have the same situation, just change the person delivering that service and your attitude changes, your seriousness changes, your tone changes. When you go to negotiate anything else, there's, a, there's, a, there's something about how you carry yourself to that discussion to say that I'm taking this seriously because I want X, right? But when it comes to black businesses, it seems to be because they are black businesses, it's almost that the sense of unseriousness about yeah, it. I agree. And so then you do get this kind of um, haggle and and going for the lowest denominator, essentially, and not, not respecting the fact that this person's running their own business, they're trying to put food on their table and support their family and support their community in some in one one way or another as well. But you would not take that person seriously and then take that same money and can pay full price for that same service from somebody else who's not from that community. I mean, I, I'll be interested to hear Rayo's point of view on this because her business is quite unique uh, in terms of merchandise to, to um, merchandise to children, but kind of portraying a diversity. So Rayo, what from your point of view, what, because you, I'm, I'm guessing it's not a specific target group you're going for, but if you kind of want to explain how your business model is and how, you know, what your target group is, it might it might give us an insight into you know into some of these things that Will's Will's talking about? Yeah, it's uh, the thing is, I agree with all the points that have been made, um, but I think firstly, with regards to black people wanting a, to negotiate or haggle, I don't know whether it's mainly to do with the fact that they're not taking businesses seriously, because I think it depends on the business. If a business presents themselves very well. I think they'd be willing to pay whatever. Um, but a lot of the time, I think it might be because they look, they're almost looking in a mirror, oh, that's my sister. Mm -hmm. They may have not never met you before, but because you're a black person, they'll be like, oh, okay, this, this person's probably more, I can be open to this person and say, hey, bro, hey, sis, can, can you negotiate a little bit? How far can we yeah. look at it? And if they really want your business, if they really want your product and you say, sorry, I can't negotiate, mm -hmm. Um, at the end of the day, if they want it, they are going to go for it. But I think I, I speak for myself where as a business person myself, I always negotiate. I mean, even down to buying furniture, I've just purchased a new property in, just last year. If I'm going online and I don't care, you could be MS and John Lewis, yeah. I'm going to find a way. I'm going to look through the, <laughs> the Google, find a, a, a voucher code. But I think it's just my business brain. It's just my mentality. I want to make sure, I want to see if I can get it at the best rate first. It's just smart yeah. purchasing, really. Um, and I don't know whether that's always something to take personally. Um, yeah. And for me, for instance, when I sell products online or at um, exhibitions and yeah. so on, I have, I think I can count as how many times people, especially Black fellow black brothers and sisters have actually asked me can can you give me a discount on that bag unless they're buying like six of them at a time nobody I mean maybe because of the the way I've priced my products already they're impressed with the way it looks so they don't feel that they need to negotiate that it might be insulting but um yeah I haven't really I mean I I, I travel with my husband to to do exhibitions with Leela, the Leela products and they have actually I've not really had many people yeah. asking for discounts which is I mean, for me, <laughs> I mean, if, if the thing is, it just depends on the scenario because I've got, I, I can go out and purchase things. There's certain, you know, there's certain situations where you just silly to, to, to negotiate and argue about the price, you know. Um, but 
if you're buying a car, then you'll be silly not to negotiate. Do you know what I mean? And so would you say the same? I think I would say the same. Hi, um, I own a children's boutique. And when I started, I had a lot of like black children representing. And now that I agree with, I can't remember who the gentleman was, who said about the haggling situation. And I think I agree, maybe they do see you as the sister um, because I had a lot of, I found I had to do a lot of discount to draw them in. And when I say at the base price, it's like, no, there'll be my DM. Can I get like a few percentage off? Yeah. And I think it is, what's the word? Because it's not until the other day, until like a celebrity was posted in my, in my outfit that the black community was now willing to pay that full rate. Yeah. So it's just like, it depends. I guess, as the, I think the lady just said, if they take your brand seriously, and now that they see someone in there that's well known, it's like, okay, I will pay that full price now without coming in to ask me for any discount. So I think it's just, I think it is business smart because I do it as well as a business owner. I go to the market and I want to get the best fabric. So I'm going to haggle. So I don't, I don't think that haggling in itself is the problem because I think haggling is, I think everyone does haggling. I don't think there's a community who doesn't do haggling. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think you should. I think you should, like, you know, um, you know, I, um, I, I mean, I had, I had one client who's basically in his work nego um, negotiates deals all the time. And in, I used to train his wife as well. And she, she would tell me that it's embarrassing when, when she's out with him because he'll try to take, you know, and he, he earns a good, good amount. She, she said it herself. But yeah. he would try and get the smallest amount he can on any item he's buying. And that's just how it is with anywhere he goes. So I don't think it always needs to be a negative that um, is doing that. Um, but, and I think once, if, if, if you've um, highlighted your skill, what you can offer and, and that person can afford it, it's within their price range. And then, and if they still, still feel that, no, I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, part my money at that price, then maybe you can say that they're not respecting your, business because you've highlighted what you can offer and what, what your skills are um, but to haggle I think is um, part, part and parcel with business um, and um, you know and it's just who who holds up their their end more than the other. So I think the, the point I was making earlier around um, taking it seriously is because I think naturally I think in probably all of our views of the world we see most professionals to be white people, right? So when I look on the TV and they say, oh, we're gonna get, we've got this guest today, Professor blah, 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 he's likely white from somewhere, right? Or we've got this accountant, he's white, we've got this doctor, right? And they'll sit there and say, the NHS has got, you know, hundreds of thousands of, you know, black ethnic minorities in there. But then when they put up a person to say, we're here to talk to this you know, specialist, he's a white person, right? I think, what that translates to from a listening point of view is almost the, for me, it's almost that this is, this is what serious looks like, right? So if you want to have a, something serious, then it tends to, these, you know, these are the kind of, you know, whether it's business, whether it's uh, people, you know, if an accountant comes up to me in the street and says, look, I'm, you know, I've got my own business, I'm an accountant, if you need an accountant, message me, or this is my card. I just feel like the natural thing to be is like, oh, okay, cool. And then it just goes where it goes, right? 
Whereas you go and Google and say, oh, you know, I need an accountant. And you Google and you look for one which looks like it's got that kind of, which, and most of them are just represented by you know, white people, whether you're talking about law, you're talking about accounting, you're talking about any professional service, you just take them more seriously because they are from that kind of, that's what you know as serious. Uh, even though you've just been handed a card by someone who says, I'm a solicitor or I'm a lawyer or I'm a beautician or I'm a whatever it is, why would you spend the money there, but you won't spend it here, if that makes sense? This is the reputation. I think we need to change our perceptions. Yeah, we need to change the perception, 100%. And, and I think part of it is getting black businesses more uh, out there and known so or that the validation that is yeah. changed. But at what price though? Because as a black business, you're obviously in it to also keep a roof over your head and, uh, you know, obviously feed your family and do what you need to do, right? So there's, there's a point where if you're not getting the footfall from your community, you have to get the footfall from somewhere. And so then your energy will divert naturally to where that, that, that you're getting a response, right? So you can't afford to uh, wait for, for us, the consumers, to say, oh, actually, I, can, I acknowledge you. Right? Yeah. And I think Chantel just mentioned that one of the celebrities put on her... Um, I think was wearing one of our items. Almost like we need, and then we need like, to oh yeah, like, oh, okay, I want to get that. I was yeah. on, um, I'm on a Facebook group called Black Owned Businesses. I don't know if any of you guys have been. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm on it yeah. as well. And I was on, um, and I was on the live, um, Facebook live that uh, a life coach, I think, was running. And, you know, so she went through, um, various things that um, as black businesses we ought to work on doing and one of them is changing perception right so and and highlighted certain things such as timekeeping um and you know um attitudes so she she she, she singled out restaurants for example where you know it's um you know, <laughs> the food might be amazing but um you know at, at times may be rude or Customer service. Customer service is love. She was, she was big on that. Um, and just being honest with the situation. So I think, you know, it's changing perceptions. One, one is yes, um, getting our businesses out there. Two is once you do have any clients, regardless of where they're from, you know, um, highlighting your professionalism, right? Consistently mm -hmm. as, a, as a community, yeah. right? Which hopefully mm -hmm. over time changes that perception of whatever people feel um, that that because you're a black person or whatever that they, they can't almost like you're underqualified. Yeah. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. You know, so one of my things is I can't let a client get to an appointment before me. You know. Yeah. Janine, have you experienced that as well? No, I was just going to say that. But is that not then us stereotyping ourselves? that, you know, that we have this perception that because they're a black business owner, they'll be lay or they won't be professional because, you know, that's what I pride my business on. I get there on time. I will ring your doorbell as the clock strikes for appointment time, even if I've been sitting outside your house for 15 minutes to make sure I get there on time. I wear a uniform to work. You know, people will say, oh, actually, you're really professional. So why should, you know, us as black people as a community look 
look at each other in that way why would we not think oh yeah you know this person they have the qualifications they're doing this job and expect Good things think, from them. Yeah, I mean, I think, I think, sorry, Jermaine. No, I think it's it's down to like Jermaine was saying, perceptions, right? And it's about changing those perceptions. So the more that you guys are now putting this forward, as in you turn up on time, uh, you know, you, you're professional. The word, the, the word will spread, and that's how we kind of eradicate that. Because at the moment, sometimes you, eighty-five percent of the conversation sometimes you had about services about black people will be yeah. about lateness and attitude. So the more that we the more that we eradicate that perception, the more it will be it'll be evident or it will be more highlighted that we're actually doing a professional service and the more people who come to you. So the, the stories that people tell also contribute to you know to the perception that's created of, of, of the black man's time and, and his unprofessionalism. You know, so I think once like like you're saying Janine, once you start doing these things, it will become the norm where, okay, it's not that black people are late all the time. It's that now, no, we are serious. You know, we're serious about our business and we are serious about this. So I think it's just, it's, 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 it's now beginning to, to kind of grow some roots. And, and the more that we now hammer on this point and these points to get um, our businesses highlighted and advertised in a good light, the more good it will do us. I kind of, I kind of feel like our reputation is based on one thing. Well, it's based, yeah, based on one thing, and that's the lady in the West Indian shop. 100%. Everybody has got 100%. some kind of. Everyone's got that same experience, and because of that one experience, anytime you walk into a black-owned business, you're expecting bad customer service, something to be wrong, something to be late, and it's just, it's ridiculous, really. You got a point, Haley. You've got a point because I mean, you just have to remind yourself. I don't go to. I haven't been to a hair salon for years for that reason. Right. Um, you go and book an appointment for one o'clock and then leave at six p.m. Yeah, it's, it's not. Just, it's, not, it's not there, is it? Doesn't, it? Yeah. shouldn't happen. Um, so you know, it's it's a shame, but there's no point in sugarcoating the situation. 100%. Is what it is, and you've got as a biz, black business, you just have to package yourself correctly. If you're not packaging, it's not even to do with colour, it's just about professionalism. You're saying you're running a business, you 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 know, you, you attend to your customers, they're they're the ones that are keeping you going. Don't treat them like they're in your way. Yeah. And you're gonna, you know, the support you give Correct. is the support you get but back. You know, some I think I think some businesses like the hairdressers and restaurants, they can almost afford to do that and barbershop. They can afford to do that um, because people will come back a lot of the time regardless loyalty loyalty that's one thing we do have is loyalty for the no but loyalty to, yeah, those, to those businesses, businesses right because um because those are um unique in a way to the culture right um so yeah. so people will always come back and in, in a way those businesses can uh, tend to be more relaxed because they there's no fear of losing business as such Interestingly, they could be much bigger. At the moment. They could be much bigger than they are because a lot of the time, the services they're offering are, are amazing, right? I'm glad you said uh, that, Jermaine. I was, I was actually going to point that out because they're just stuck yeah. in the same rut. Not, no, no offence, but there could be chains of them all, all over the show if they did yeah. things right. I don't, I don't even think they have an issue with not growing their business. It, it's literally, I'm comfortable with the amount of clients that I see or that I have and I know that those people are going to wait to see me so I can do what I want I can take as long as I want but 
what I think we as customers, consumers have to understand is that not all businesses operate in that way. So we can't walk into every single establishment and expect to receive the same treatment. What, in a negative way or positive way? Which one are you talking about? Say again? Are you talking about the, the Caribbean shop experience or not generally? No, no, I'm talking about like barbershops and hairdressers and places where you're, mm. you're made to wait for hours. It's not, like you're going you're gonna to wait because as Jermaine said, they're providing a pretty good service and it's, it's quite unique. See, I think what you find right now is this kind of, there's a very good ongoing kind of copycat culture, right? And all, that, all it takes is someone with, a, with the financial capital who's not from our culture, to walk in and say, I'm going to open up a load of barbershops or a load of hairdressers and I'm going to make sure the service is on point and you can get in and, in and out within three minutes, right? Now, what is stopping me from saying, you know what, I want to go and spend the same money in a 30-minute turnaround then spend four hours sitting there listening to people chat, right? There's, honestly, for me, there's nothing stopping me because I value my time, right? The problem is you don't value my time. Right. And I'm going to go into you because I've got no alternative. The moment I have an alternative, that's where my money starts to travel. And that's the problem for me. But then I also noticed that the kind of clientele they end up with, they may start up with several people who are, I'm not saying half decent, but lack of a better word, who have the money, who can just, you know, help you grow your business by being there regularly as a customer. You lose the best people, unfortunately. You end up with yeah. people who were just happy to take whatever and it's not acceptable you you know we all have to set set a higher standard and look first as a business you're supposed to look at your competitors look at people on the same level look at people below your level um, to learn from them as well and then look at people like i don't know who vidal sassoon or whatever who was who is a lot much bigger than you and pick stuff up from them um, it's all about you know i think i don't know with certain businesses they just feel like they know it all they don't they're not even willing to entertain anyone else's ideas or improve upon their customer service or you know that sort of thing and it's not it's that's not that's not how you grow a business you know you can't this i mean there's that saying that you can't keep doing the same thing and expecting a different result you know um, it, I mean, I guess for me, because I, I come from an advertising background, I've, I started off leaving university doing what you call a Mickey Mouse course, media studies, and, um, and then just going into working for an um, artist management group. I don't know how I got there, but I was. I was managing, like helping to manage people like, um, Rich, uh, what's his name, Chris Evans and so on, you know, back in the heydays. And um, I was su super confident. I got this opportunity and it took me to other places working in advertising and so on. And I was just constantly surrounded. I liked to challenge myself yeah. and I was surrounded by, you know, middle-aged white men all the time, all day and every day. And I think I just looked at how they branded things, yeah. you know, working with clients like McDonald's and Coca-Cola. Most of my role was support, but the what I took out of those agencies and I, literally was all around London throughout the years that I've worked in advertising is just the way that they sell to the customers and how much detail they put into um, knowing who that customer is and what that customer likes right down to what they listen to even if it's about what if, if they're selling food to you they're going to decide I want to know what they listen to in order to be able to sell that chocolate bar to you you know yeah. all these little 
nuggets that, that I picked up, but I'm, I can't expect everybody to have had the same experience. But I think it's very important as a business to just research and just kind of come out of your comfort zone. You know, if I am selling kids products, I should look at, I should still be reading a book about a, an automotive or whatever, uh, <laughs> you know, the Tesla guy or whatever, you know, it shouldn't, I shouldn't sort of limit myself and just look how you know at the end of the day we're all doing the same thing we're all about growth and success and selling selling in, in, in the market so um yeah putting in the work you've got to put in the work does anyone look at it as as having a lack of loyalty to the community by by uh you know from a customer perspective does anyone look at it think uh, actually the fact that you're willing to spend your money here and not here you're doing the community a disservice 100 percent I think it's not the onus isn't always on the business owner. I think us yeah. as customers, you know, we need to seek out the black business. So if I my graphic designer that designed my logo, you know, he's a black owned business. If I'm looking for a personal trainer, I look for a black owned, you know, personal trainer. So it's not always the business. And how, how easy is it for you? How easy was it for you to find those businesses? Because I tried just this week actually to find a black owned company and I struggled. I think social media helps because um, sometimes, on, you know, if on social media you can find the person behind the business so you can, you know, get an insight into it. Um, I guess more recently there's like the Facebook groups where everybody's kind of coming together. But I think also as customers, you know, we need to try ourselves to, you know, find those businesses. So, you know, if there's a local hair shop that's black owned you know try and support them their prices might be a bit higher but you know they're just starting out and just try to you know give your money yeah, to I them that. i guess definitely more a conscious effort to support each other um just just to allow that growth definitely well osman what's your thoughts yeah i agree i think it's definitely um a conscious effort and i found like just because of recent events i found this like influx of of black owned businesses that i never even thought existed yeah. um and suddenly i've got you know loads of loads and loads of options of, of people that i can now put you know put my money is to, that in specific is that, is that because is, they weren't visible before or is it because of the recent events that that's made it? i think i think it's uh partly because i haven't looked yeah. and partly because now now because of recent events it's more visible um like i was in i i think i was probably in the same facebook group and someone posted up that they're an accountant and i realized that i went to college with that guy and i was like oh yeah i went to college with you you know i know this guy um and because i know you and you're also black let me put my money yeah. there rather rather than go and, and find someone else who's an accountant um so i think i also think it's the beginning of of people like basically i think probably our age or our uh generation looking inwards yeah um and i think we're as as a collective we're probably going to be more conscious of spending within yeah. the black believe community. that though. like do you actually um, think so do you think this is because well, obviously as, as yourself I've seen lots of lists of black businesses flying back and forth, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think one of the things I've noticed is that they tend to all they, they tend to be within 
a similar sphere. So either uh, food related or kind of in a kind of hair beauty kind of space. But if I said, okay, I want a, I want a plumber or like a, you know, a plumber or electrician or something like that, I have, I have no idea where to look. And I, I, as much as I want to spend my, give, you know, my black pound to another black person to fix my electric or my plumbing or I don't know where to look. But if I call British Gas, a black guy will probably turn up. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So, and that, and that for me is where one of the kind of uh, challenges is. It's, it's, it's not being, we need to kind of break out and again, it goes back to what we see on, I guess, what we see on TV from a representation point of view, and look beyond our comfort zones of, you know, the usual food. We know we're good at food, right? If I eat out, apart from fast food, if I eat out, I want to eat black food, right? So I know that. I know like, I want to go to barber, black barbers to get my yeah. hair cut. I know that. You know what I'm saying, those are all comforts. Those are things I know. Right. What we need to start doing is consciously saying, you know what, um, I want to spend my my, you know, my that pound with this electrician or this accountant or I mean, this, what, what's yeah. difficult like you said is oh, you yeah. don't know where to look right so we're mm-hmm. um as black people we're three percent of the population so yeah. already that you know if you now um think about how many black businesses are out there it's it's going to be a, um a small amount right small. so now when you go yeah. into your your these days your, your first thing is going to be google search right so if you go on there it's going to be quite hard to find that black business unless there's going to be a central yeah. base to do that. So I think, I think to, 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 to try to, to make that conscious effort to spend your money there, you need, there needs to be some sort of central base that you go to, to do that or else. Yeah. Which is, which is why I saw, I found this accountant yeah. in this black group because yeah, I was part of that group. And if I wasn't part of that group, I would never see, have I feel, seen it. See, I feel like we're missing a trick, right? Because I, and, and I get everything you're saying. My issue with it is when, if we compare, obviously, black businesses and white businesses, we can agree that white businesses on a larger scale tend to be big brands, tend to, they've been in the game for a minute. So, you know, what, what we expect from them is, is, is what they deliver in, in most cases, right? But if we bring it down and say, okay, what about other ethnic groups? So Indians, right? I'm still to find an Indian in a black shop for no reason, if that makes sense, right? Because they spend in their community. Chinese people spend in their community. And unless they've got secret databases as well, I just look at it more because they, they see it as a community thing. They see it principally that I'm, unless I have to go out, I'm spending my money uh, in the community. I'm going to go to my cousin. I'm going to go to... Uh, my neighbor i'm going to go to my uncle whatever it is right but they principally because it's looked it's frowned upon for you why did you go to no. xyz to get this when i could do and is, this, is that right? culture where we don't, we don't we don't seem to think like we just don't care we just yeah. we literally like throw out the money without no care in the world of who and goes it is to that culture um so so basically um indian people they, they will support that because it's it's cultural it's culture in that that's um how things have always been done and I guess culturally as black people in many things that we don't tend to come together to support each other um yeah. you know there'll, there'll be divisions as to where you're from etc um so yeah I mean that's probably something as well we need to 
look at as in ourselves. I see. I think I think it's because we're not we're not we're not we're not we don't hold each we don't hold ourselves accountable for. There's a lot of stuff I think in our history that we can say. You know what? Mm. Because of X, this is this is why this happens, right? But especially from a generational divide point of view, there's a lot of stuff within our within our gift to change and to do right without saying actually it's that person's fault that why xyz didn't happen do you know what i'm saying and i just feel like when it comes to it we've got we do have a very different concept of um you know community yeah our, our concept of community is very sh it's almost very short right it, it quickly turns into what's it what's in it like what's good for me right now right and you know, I think in, in one of the podcasts I said about sacrifices that the old generations made around, especially when you look at, you know, slavery was slavery, but people fought to come out, to come out of that, right? Then you had the Martin Luther Kings and, and uh, you know, Malcolm X's who did their part, right? But if you look at, if you look at what that, that's, you're talking about nearly 60 or 70 years ago, right? If you look at that time period and now, I can say that, I've 100% benefited from their fight, 100%, right? And I can tell you every single rapper I see on TV flashing their money and every single footballer I ever see, all the people who are able to go about their daily business today, walking up and down the street, getting on a bus, and, and, and okay, racism exists, but you still have a lot more comfort in your environment than those people did back then, right? But if you say, okay, how have we built on that? And... Well, it's, it's been difficult because it's all systemic now, isn't it? It's not physically people chucking stuff at you saying you're black so-and-so. Mm -hmm. So it's, 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 it's ingrained in the system and it's, it's something that is subtle. As I said, I've worked in so many different places in media, but at a certain point, I could only reach a certain level. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. just thought, I'm going to take myself out of it because mm -hmm. I don't fit in here. I can't BS myself. This is not... This is this not I don't fit in and they make it clear that I don't fit in and I need to go and make something of myself and I can do that. Um, yeah. You know, I was, you know, I was more qualified in a lot of ways than certain people, certain behaviours yeah. were uh, um, excused um, compared to me. Dare, I dare try to behave in, su in such a way I'll be at the door. Um, but I had to just get away. You know, it drives a person mental thinking, wow, I can forget what you look like. Why can't you forget what I look like? With all the effort I've put into your business. Yeah. Um, but you know, at the end of the day, to be honest, it's it's done me a lot of favors. I've I've been able to realize my potential and 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 grow myself as a business and as a person. And I could do it without their help. <laughs> um, so you know, I think we've 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 as black people have really grown and um, all we've come over so many hurdles. It's un, unreal. You know, you've got a, if you've got a white kid that comes out of Oxford and a black kid that comes out of Oxford, I'm sorry to say that black kid has achieved a hell of a lot more than that no, white kid. Let's keep it, yeah. you know, so we, we have struggled and we always will. And it's going to, you know, thankfully be a lot different for our kids. We don't know what it's going to look like, but it's going to be a lot, a lot more different for our kids. But what we're even sitting here talking about now is to help things and make things easier for the children as they grow up as well. Um, yeah, so <laughs> that, that Facebook group sounds like a brilliant idea, but for anyone like me who's not on Facebook and for anyone who doesn't really deal with social media, 
is there like a website where all this information is kept or like i, I genuinely don't know where to go to find businesses it's almost it's almost like someone's someone i mean any one of us can start that start like a, a black yeah, yellow black pages, pages. Like yeah the black page of like and then and then post it through people's <laughs> door. so i mean i have friends that are electric i have friends that are electricians i have friends that are plumbers and, and the only way i can advertise them really sometimes is just by someone asking in a family group do you know yeah. x and i'll be like oh yeah i know this person's really good then take the number and then it goes that way but we need to find a way to actually really really generate some kind of publicity yeah. to for our businesses um i think i think it will, it will, it will you know and, and it's not even that it's, it's also about going into different areas I mean, and we have every kind of services in in, in the black community mm-hmm. we just need to really 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 start believing in ourselves and promoting ourselves more and be embarrassed not to with, and supporting and, and supporting i mean i've taken a pledge to myself that you know even even my, my child minders everyone that i use the birthday party planners but they've all been black because i've kept, i've taken that conscious decision now mm-hmm. to not not you know i, I won't pay over the odds definitely so the, the haggling comes in, but i will support the business yeah. so yes i will pay for it but obviously i'm not going to pay the, the, you know I, I will ask for a discount yes that's the natural course of business mm-hmm. and it has to be all competitive that's how you that's how the business grows mm-hmm. but I will hire you, that I will not go somewhere else, I will hire you. So if everyone makes a pledge to do that, we will go. And I think, I think, I think what you just said is exactly what it should be, right? It should be, yeah. uh, I, from a community perspective, I feel like that's everyone's, yeah. everyone's duty to do, right? I just feel like I can't justify walking into some of these places I've spent my money in. And it's sometimes even the service ain't even that great, right? The fact that we talk, you know, we've mentioned about the kind of the Caribbean restaurant or whatever. Sometimes the service in these other places ain't great anyway, right? And then they still turn up to you and say, oh, I want a tip. No, you don't, they ain't done nothing for me. <laughs> and you know then, I mean? yeah, yeah. But you have this expectation. I, I think we also need to, we also need to be able, we also need to be prepared to accept critique. Mm. Because in those places, yeah. if, you, if, you, if you go to the lady's shop and she's giving you the sass, you almost want to say to her, listen, I'm, I'm, you know, this is a service you're providing me, but I'm actually paying yeah. for this service. Yeah. But it's almost like we're f- we're afraid. I, I certainly am. I'm not gonna lie. I'm certainly I'm That's afraid culture. to critique. That's culture. Because it's culture. Yeah, yeah it's, it's culture. It's, it's a culture yeah. thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that is culture. So, yeah. So the culture almost has has to kind of shift in the way that we actually are criticizing the positive way to make mm. you know yes. these services better. You know, on one other thing I think which would um, which I think I do think is lacking in 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 the community as well. Um, we've got a lot of individualism um, and what I mean by that is um, everyone will have the ambition to start a business but very few will ask for help how to start the business so you find one person making the same mistakes another person did and that person's already been through it right and so you don't have that kind of interconnected um, collaboration across different uh, you know businesses and, and people generally it's like it's almost like a, I'm going to start my business and it's going to be my business and it's going to be my way, right? And then I just spend time making mistakes that I could have avoided if I asked, you know, my friend next to me, um, how did he do this or what did? Do you know what I'm saying? Uh, uh, you're absolutely right. I think 
it's, it's, it's a lonely being an entrepreneur, very lonely. And if you can afford it, outsource all you all you like, accountants, designers, and so on. But then if it's just a, you and a friend who are both really good caterers, so I've got so many friends, they're all doing catering. They all live in Hackney for some reason. Everyone lives in East London. And so you don't know who to order from. Well, I don't live in London. Anyway, <laughs> um, and if they, at least a couple of them who know each other, I'm talking about people who know each other here, collaborated, how much weight that would mean. Um, I just don't get why m my friend here is doing yeah, lobsters absolutely. and she's also doing lobsters as well, when we could all just work together and grow, grow. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Well, th this is the funny thing. So when I go to... Um... When you go to like you know the original like corner shops or Indian shops, and I'll go to one Indian shop and I I look for something right, and they might not have it, but straight away my the guy will say, "Oh, why don't you go to that one over there, right?" And then I'll go out there and that guy might have it, right? And even I think with the hair shops, you go to the hair shop and you just see all the same kind of products, right? And then I think what I realized was that okay, I was thinking like, why do these guys all have the same product? Like, how is it that they do this? What is it that, that's happening? Um, and then, so my dad used to do, um, he had his own business as well. And he used to do, um, uh, like, it was like tiling, like um, special tiles, et cetera, et cetera. But I used to ship them from, from, from Spain, um, but the, in those big containers. And I think one of the discussions I had with him is in terms of the people who are in, in the same field, they will club together in order to buy one giant container. And that giant container is how these, you know, hair shops and these Indian shops, that's how they shop. They don't say, I'm going to get my own container so that I'm the best and blah, blah. They say, you know what, I don't have the money individually to get one container. But if we club together, then we can all buy, get our stuff in the container and then we can sell. Right. And I feel like that's one of the things that we need to start doing if we want to prosper. I think, I think there's a lack of trust within the black community. Yeah. I think it goes back to culture as well, because yeah. yeah, some some of these guys live in one house for X amount of years and just pull their money together, buy it, and then they move to another one, buy it, and then what they do yeah. is just building their wealth, you know. So we need to kind of reset our mindset and reset our not all the culture, because some of our culture is really good. So, but we need to reevaluate some of the stuff that we do, and then kind of try and 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 build on that. But um, yeah, that's that's my two pence on that one. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, um, Osman, do, do you have any? So I've, um, I had an article out in, um, a wedding mm. fair, um, a few weeks ago and I spoke about other black photographers, um, just because I, I, at a time I didn't, I couldn't find, well, I found a lot of them, but I found that a lot of them weren't open which someone coming like that is a teacher and someone who myself i like to i like to give knowledge so when someone asks me a question i'm not afraid to give them an answer so i would go approach them and be like can i second shoot with you or can i you know can i come along with a shoot and then they'll just be like uh you know um you know i've got my people or i've got my person and at the end of my article i was just like we need to um like personally, I'm not like that, and I don't understand why people are like that. So there needs to be a sort of mentorship mm -hmm. to to bring other people in, because mm -hmm. no man is an island, and so you do, can't... do you think they pull up the ladder? 
I think they're pulling up the ladder because because I and things have changed because of the like the whole photography wedding photography world has just like exploded mm-hmm. i can't even explain to you how, how mad it's been over the last few weeks because of this diversity thing because loads of loads of wedding blogs um you go on you go on instagram you go on facebook and it's just white weddings white people white people and then there's been this huge backlash that not every wedding is about white people and so now there are lists out of where black wedding photographers, black wedding, um, black wedding florists, uh, black dressmakers, and they're on they're on these white websites just so that white consumers can see and and go for these black vendors. Um, and mm-hmm. yeah, I, I do think at the time because these black people were successful in this white world they were pulling up the, the ladder. Um, but now that everybody, now that all these black photographers that I spoke to at the time and didn't have the time to talk to me, now yeah. they're talking to me because we're now talking about the time when none of us were being seen. Mm. So now, now, now that it's been exposed, there's like this shared camaraderie mm-hmm. where we're like, oh yeah, now there's you a mean, new Facebook group where all the black photographers Sorry, are in there talking about stuff. What do you think Whereas, about, you know, yeah. three, two, three months ago, none of us were talking to each other. What do you think other. about the sort of um, upbringing um, that some of us, or maybe all of us have had in terms of like, um, in order to be successful, you have to be the best because you're black, you know? And whether that meant that now um, by trying to be the best, at whatever you're doing, school, work, that you're now in competition with your fellow uh, black people, that subconsciously you even now, not even willing to um, support because you're still focused on being the best. I don't know, because we we all have friends. Um, And even if we are like Mm -hmm. in school and you're doing your tests and stuff, you still want your friends to do well. Um, so I don't know if we then, as soon as we, as soon as we get into business, we decide that we don't have any friends. And then that yeah. comes to the fact that, then that comes down to everyone making the you same mean, what's your... I know a lot of successful black people. Um, and when I worked in the nine to five as well, you always felt like an imposter. So it, it, it doesn't matter how big you get. Yeah. You always feel like you're, you're, you're a fraud that you're fake. That's the irony of it though. <laughs> I feel, I feel like that's the irony of the whole situation. Like, it's almost how much are we willing to compromise? And it seems like it's a lot. Janine, what was you going to say? Sorry. I was just about to say, like, in terms of um, business and helping people up the ladder, I think that we as business owners just need to be mindful of the fact that there is actually enough Mm. business for all of us. So, you know, if you have a friend that does the same thing, like I have a friend that's a nail tech, I have a few friends that are nail techs. And if one of us are busy, then we just text the other person, contact my friend on this number um, or contact my friend on this number. Some of us will pass it on down the line Mm. to, to different friends. I think, we just need to be aware that okay I do this job mm-hmm. but you know oh my friend might be in the same industry but if I'm busy Especially if you're doing a good job my business if I yeah, give my we, friend we, we a little we're, bit of business as well yeah we're in London not a village or you know there's millions of people yeah. 100% yeah. 
No, but even say my yeah. even my mom, she does she she does the same thing with her clients. So when she can't cover a client, the first thing she would do is call her friend and say, "Hey, can you cover this person for me?" Because she want again she, for her she wants that uh, money and that effort to go towards you know her people first. Oh, that right? builds her brand in a sense where the customer will be like, "Oh wow, that was amazing of you." So it's everyone's yeah. benefiting Correct. benefiting. Yeah, I think. But there's nothing wrong with a little healthy competition at the same time we you know i encourage my kids to be competitive mm. um you support you can support your your black colleagues or this fellow business person but also remember that you are still trying to run a business and you want to be doing seen to doing the best you know i just wonder if some of these things that we are discussing because I don't, I don't feel like so everything we're saying competition and all that's not unique to black people in any shape or form um, I don't know if making a mountain out of a mohawk or some of it, because again, it's. I guess my what I, I find hard to get my head around is why can they do it and we can't? That's what I keep coming back to. That's what they're can competitive, do. babe. That's what I'm trying to say. They're very competitive. When 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 a, a white business sees another cafe, mm-hmm. the way they rush into um, the board, whatever their their little meetings and brainstorm how they're gonna you know um do better or it's nothing mm-hmm. wrong with that it's it's about growth you take from certain certain aspects of um of someone's ideas or or what makes them uh, you know what what makes them popular and you mm-hmm. you try and adapt it as well i think i i i just think we can't relax too much with with regards to where where we want to be as as people i think we we a bit too much on the whole copying um, thing. No urgency. Right? They don't they don't seem to have the same issue 
of of togetherness and opening up and doing things the way they do it than we do or do they maybe you know what i'm making an assumption i'm just going obviously maybe they do i don't look that way but maybe they do have that same problem yeah i've been to her shops in the past where the one will tell <laughs> one, one will say i'm oh, sorry we've run out i was like okay i'll go to the other one but don't go there <laughs> have this instead <laughs> still i've seen their flaws yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm a human nature. Um, just touching on recent events, have you guys, in your experience as business people, had any sort of like racism towards you guys or anything like that in terms of your business or anything like that? Have you experienced any any uh, any sort of racism just because you're black business from other kind um, of cultures? It's interesting because I haven't had any either at all. But I remember an event really in um, Luton where I. Was it Luton? I don't know, it's long ago. It was like an exhibition sort of event. I had a stall with all my products and there was a white guy with his little daughter. They were walking past our stall. She was enthusiastic to the max when she saw our bags. She ran up to the stall. Wow. Oh my God, dad, look. And um, dad walked up, had a good look just to make sure what he was seeing, what he was seeing. Cause you know, my, my products have a ca characters on it. Black girl, black boy. Yeah you know, that Barbie type look. And um, he's like, oh, um, so when he realized what he was looking at, because first he saw all the colors, the pink, the girly stuff, yeah. he was thinking, yeah, okay, let me see what is, what's going on here. But when he saw it was a black girl, he said to her, oh, darling, um, no, that's not for you, let's go. Wow. And she, the disappointment in her face, because she, she didn't see color, as far as she was concerned, it's a pretty girl on the back. Yeah. Um, but that really yeah. changed my, mindset i mean it just made me sort of evaluate and think wow this is exactly why we're doing what we're doing because i don't think a, a black certain black mums will go into the disney store and say oh that barbie's not for you darling let's leave the shop you know i guess it's just the way oh. the world we're living in isn't it do you know what i mean but that's oh, that's just yeah. made me think wow and, and the, the problem is when i when, when we me and my husband started first when we first launched and started promoting the, the bags we went all up to south london um, I was jump, walking in and out of salons and barber shops, the works, just to get it out there in the black community, because that's our target market, mm -hmm. black mums and dads. Um, right. And it, I found when I went particularly, which disappointed me as a fellow Nigerian, when I went to do the Nigerian hair salons, <laughs> the lady will turn out, like, obviously I'll promote my bag and say, look, gorgeous for your daughter, and the daughter's standing right there. <laughs> and she turned around to me and say, I have Peppa Pig, thank you. <laughs> I'm okay, I have <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I don't need and it's funny because the, the Caribbean um, start salons, they literally bit my hand off. Yeah. But then my people, I don't know, it's a generational cultural thing, but like, what's this? I don't need this. They have this. They have that. So it was just, I was like, yeah. I was getting a bit, I felt like I was being, you know, my own people were being racist towards me. Like, mm. no, 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 I don't yeah. want that. My, my daughter's got a bag with a pig on it. What, what does she need that for? Sorry. And it was just fascinating. Can I ask, what's the uptake of um, white people with your products, with the dolls? Are they, do they do people? Oh, we don't do dolls. It's backpacks oh. and stuff. Oh, okay, I got you. Posters. I got you. Um, but they, I, we, they walk past, absolutely adore it, say it's lovely. Mm. But then I don't expect them to buy it unless they've got a mixed race mm -hmm. kid. 
and they and that's literally a lot of my customers are, are, are white mums with mixed race children mm -hmm. i wouldn't i've never really had a, a white mum with a white kid unless they've got a mixed race child in their family if it's not directly their child they're, they're buying it for a, a nephew or something or a niece do you know yeah. what i mean um, but it's just yeah. how they see their child they want their child to be looking at a product that they can relate to mm. But why is that not something that us black people aspire to? You know, we're happy to just let them wear whatever they wear, whether it's, you know, Ben 10, la -di da But then they're so focused on, uh -uh, um, it's nice, but not for my child. Do you know what I mean? It's a, I think it's and, a different yeah. consciousness, though. And I think that's, a, it is, for me, it's, it is that, it sounds bad to say, but it's almost like we all, we either, in some ways, we're very naive to the realities that we, we we live in, that we almost just go through and have this kind of hope that everything is, um, there's no colour, there's no, you know, colour applied. Or because, and I will say, I feel like black people, honestly, are probably the least racist people in the whole world, right? And the reason why I say that is we generally very welcoming to everybody, right? Every, every single race there's not a single race where we're like you know xyz right we're very generally welcome to everybody but at the same time on the other side we're the one race that every race has a racial issue with and i feel like we need to we need to open our eyes to that because we've got i guess we've got big hearts but you know as recent events have kind of shown the price of our passiveness is that video we saw Right, because that video for me, still the way I look at it is, it, it happened because of his confidence that nothing will happen. No, right, we're damned if we do and damned if we don't. He could have just been doing absolutely nothing and still be attacked that way. That's the, that's the problem we have. It's, it, they were so intimidated by the size of him that they didn't even all they you know the mindset was like attack, attack, attack. That intimidation was so high, and we feel it systemically in 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 the workplace on a daily no, basis. I, I, She's yeah. gonna yeah. take my job. Yeah. Oh God, get her out of here! But but yeah, it's it's exactly that. It's but it's it's the yeah. It, so recently I've, I've been reflecting on, you know, a lot of the things that I think, oh, what have I done in my work or what have I done, you know, in my past where I've, I've unconsciously or consciously allowed things to slide or allowed things to be a particular way. And, and, you know, I thought about, you know, when I, when I was, before I moved into this, into the city and work, was working up there, um, and how I decided to cut my hair off to, in order to look prim and proper for the kind of role I wanted to go for. And at the time, it all made sense because I was like, oh yeah, you know, if I don't do this, I won't get the job and I really want the job and all this other stuff. And then, you know, reflecting back on that, I sit there and think, I can't believe I cut my hair to satisfy, you know, somebody, you know, basically a, a white person to give me a job, right? I can't believe that in myself. And I look at my son and think, I never want you to ever have that feeling that you have to change yourself. Um, I, you know, you're who you are, whatever, just to fit into a pre-made box that is built off of prejudices, right? And all these prejudices in, 
yes, they are um, done to us, but at the same time, we've allowed them to be done, if that makes sense. So I made the, I made the decision to cut my hair because I chose getting that job over saying, actually, this is more important to me. And a lot of in a lot of areas, I feel like that's where the conversations start. We need to start saying, actually, you know, okay, buying from this shop, yes, it's a big name brand and blah, 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 blah. But in order to keep the black pound in my community, I'm willing to take, I'm willing to take a bet on this person, right? Obviously, you've got the freedom to say, you know what, your service is crap, blah, 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 right? But that feedback is also helpful to them to say, actually, I need to improve in order to keep the customers, right? But we have a duty ourselves to say, well, you know what? Yeah. What What am I going to do, right? What am I going to do personally as a, as a customer, personally as an individual? The more, because again, I feel like that is one of the things that the other ethnic minorities have in their community. They consciously do a lot of things that make sure that when it comes to their communities, they put themselves number one. And we need to stop putting other people before we put ourselves. Because I feel like that's part of the reason why other people then view us the way they do, because we need to value what we are as people ourselves, I'm saying. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I agree. I think on that note, guys, this is your opportunity to sell yourself, tell the people. <laughs> Osman, do you want to give us, do you want to start? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, Instagram is Wolf Shoots Weddings. Um, website is Wolf and Co Photography. Wolf and Co. Uh, sorry, Wolf and Co. Dot Photography. Great. Your name? Um, so Instagram is Bodywise Training, um, and my website is www.bodywisetraining.com. So Bodywisetraining.com. So I am Comfort Health and A-N-D Beauty and on Instagram and Twitter as Comforts Beauty. Great. And finally, Rhea. At and underscore com. Is the, sorry, that's the um, Instagram. Um, yeah. M-Y-L-E-L-A underscore com, Instagram. And the website is myleela.com. Well, guys, um, first, thank you so much for joining this discussion. Um, hopefully, you guys enjoyed yourself as you see first timers uh, with us. But hopefully, this ain't the last time we have you guys. It'd be very good to have you on again at some point. Very, uh, very much appreciate your views. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. <laughs> yeah, no, I, 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 for one, like I said, I'll, I've taken a pledge. So. You four are my, on my now my promotion. So I'll be <laughs> yeah. absolutely. We should no, we should we, we should actually to. do that with uh with with our networks, isn't it? We should make them all do a play. Yeah, yeah. No, right? I'm gonna put all four of you on on on, and then. Uh, Is there anything like you know in a, you know you have Black History Month, right? Is there any month where you know when you say you just yeah. buy black? Have we done that yet or no? Well, there's a oh, day next, isn't next, there? next Friday. Is that right? Yeah. Twenty seventh for June, right? Yeah. Buy black. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know electricians and plumbers. If anyone needs an electrician, yeah, brilliant. Send yeah, that. Man. Yeah, share share all that. We're share that around. Share that. Send us the info, and then we can just add it we'll to just the add socials. To our so socials if you, yeah, yeah. We'll just add it on. And okay, but yeah, very insightful, guys. I, I like I like the way you guys um 
have set up your businesses and uh, promoting mm. yourselves and stuff like that. Yeah. Very inspirational. And good luck. All right, guys, that's all for this latest episode of Chewing This. Let us know your thoughts on today's discussion regarding the Black Pound. Is mistrust a major issue within the Black community? And how do we demonstrate and build growth and togetherness as a people? And finally, how do you show support for your friends who start businesses? And is price ever a consideration for that support? So let us know your thoughts on social media handles. Chew on this LDN for both Twitter and Instagram. Lastly, 27th of June, 2020 is Black Pound Day. So please go out there and show support to the black community. But from us, until next time, we're out.